Algar Productions. Algar Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 356, covering Hatchery and Azati Prime, with Kevin Lynch. Hi friends, it's another week of this, and uh, Flonk's here. Another week of this. Flonk, the the biggest cheerleader for this show, still not terribly happy with it, is is where we are right now. The guy we know... (laughs) The biggest cheerleader for this show, who is mildly interested in the show at best. That's that's the thing, you're the one we know who likes the show the most, and you're still like, "Eh, this isn't very good. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's where we are that's yeah. where we've reached. high praise yeah. i picked this one too because the screenshot of memory alpha had like a spaceship fight i'm like all right I, that, that I like shows about space oh. not even the spaceship fight was good this week oh just wait we get the appearance of a ship that oh oh boy i don't i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to tip our hands just yet but it involves the word j and it and i wanted to throw something at the screen that j <laughs> yeah. makes me want to jump it <laughs> Yes. It's pronounced God. Oh, oh <laughs> let's not get into that. Uh, it's pronounced Jovert. Of course. <laughs> Jacques <Yes>. Enterprise. <laughs> All right. Why don't we just jump into this garbage pile flaming? Yeah. Why don't you tell us about hatchery? Hatchery. I will do that very thing forthwith. Remember the movie Alien? And all the time Star Trek has tried to rip off the movie Alien. Well, digging around in the fridge for plot ideas, Enterprise decides that it hasn't nuked these moldy leftovers in a while, so open your weary trek holes and prepare to swallow another heaping helping. You know how this one goes. Shadowy, derelict ship. Creepy testicular eggs. Someone is infected with gross alien goo. The someone in question this time is Jonathan, a little torture never hurt anyone who mattered, Archer. And instead of gestating an alien monster baby inside of him, because Trip already did that, he starts caring about the welfare of the other as-yet-unborn Zindi. Guys, he said, we can't just leave these creatures for dead just because they don't look like us. And immediately everyone knows something must be wrong, because Jonathan Guantanamo Archer's defining characteristic is the exact opposite thing of that thing he just said. He doesn't trust gross-looking aliens because he truly embodies everything that Star Trek stands for, and there's no room in his world of... And no room in his world for all talk of compassion and empathy. You don't need to be an empath to figure that out. Uh, his downright sociopathic devotion to basic decency drives him to send half the crew to their rooms with no dessert and no Nintendo for one week. He also exploits the psychologically compelling rivalry between Malcolm and Major Hayes, now entering its inexplicable 17th month by overwhelmingly popular demand. Eventually, the crew very reluctantly mutinies against the captain because they really do love and respect him so very much, and who can blame them? And Phlox eventually manages to restore him to his normal, fun-loving self. Then he apologizes to the crew for nearly getting them all killed and turning them against one another. Ha <laughs> ha! Of course he doesn't do that! He just glowers at Trip and then tries to immediately go back to work because he's a tough guy. Seriously, guys, why would you think he'd have anything to apologize for? Sometimes your captain just gets possessed by alien hormones, puts the ship in the mission in serious danger, and tests your loyalties to him and one another to the point where you're all pointing your phasers at one another on the bridge. This is completely normal, and if you can't handle it, you big baby, then maybe you shouldn't be out here in space under the command of Jonathan Torquemada Archer. Star Trek! I don't know if I got my disdain clear in that oh it was in there somewhere yeah you know gotta dig a little below the surface but it's there 
yeah, I mean, you know, it's subtle. Like the show. It's very subtle. Yeah. This show can, um, let me see here. Uh, oh, yes. This show can suck my dick. I was wondering if you were going to go with dick or ass there. I knew it was one of those. Mm-hmm. It, this is, ooh. Yeah. It's not. Well, it, mm. well who wants to begin? I, I'll, I'll start because okay. my bad thing is basically in, all encompassing. Yeah. Um, the the premise of the episode isn't isn't terrible. Putting the the military guys against the Starfleet guys like that, you know, is probably yeah, why we've been on setting the... that conflict up from the beginning since those guys came on board. So let's see where this goes. But but it's all backwards. <laughs> the military uh-huh. guys should want to blow everything up, and the Starfleet guys should want to save the kids because it's the right thing to do. Uh-huh. And then the episode would represent you know Star Trek values and all that, and also not have dumb brain changing goo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and you know. This is this is the thing. This is the fucking like, the, the, like this is my bad thing. The show, no, this show is fully aware. It's not bad. Well, I mean, it is bad writing, but it's not. It's not not on purpose. Like they intentionally made him an asshole because the show knows this. Because this is a rare time where he actually cares about stuff, and everyone is suspicious. Mm-hmm. Like that's the twist. That's the big. Ooh, he's not acting like Archer because he wants to help something. How is this arc hero? Like, yeah. That doesn't make sense. And- also, in the spirit of, I don't know why I should explain to you, how to explain to you that you should care about people. Yeah. You're allowed to not want children to die. Yeah. Doesn't matter if there's indie children or like, human children or whatever. Yeah, exactly. They're children. You're allowed to not want them to die. No, he even, like, all of his justifications when he's possessed are still reasonable. He's uh-huh. like, there's rules in war. You don't kill kids. Yeah. Like. But yeah. then when he snaps out of it, he doesn't feel like that anymore. Why did I care so much about these children? Ugh, yeah. wipe them off my boot. We have people to murder. Yeah. Also, and we don't know this yet, but the whole war is predicated on a lie anyway. Oh, Lord. Uh, yeah, we'll get that was a fucking I mean, we've, we the audience already know that, but but we haven't actually, like, these characters haven't learned it until next episode. But but still, yeah, it just, it it like I say, the show is aware that this is a weird thing for him. And it's like, so you guys are conscious of this. It's not an accident. It's, it's by design. Uh huh. This is just, I just, yeah, I, this is the character that we, is supposed to lead our, this series. And it's baffling to me that these are the, cho- the choices that the, the show is made about him. Yeah. It's, it's like, there's, there's a couple of original series episodes where Kirk does some real messed up stuff that we're like, Ooh, that's not good. And it's like, you know what? It was the sixties and it was early they made one misstep. We can just kind of forget that. I get, like, and I mean, and I get what time it was when this yeah. show was being made. And God, does that influence the show? Yeah, but I'm well, saying, but like, the, all the problem, all the Archer is, torture. Oh, go ahead. No, no, like um, you guys have said before, like Vietnam was happening during original Star Trek times. That's like, true. Yeah, and they took a stand against it. Yeah, but this, like, the. It was weird. Like, I'm sure you guys remember, Flonk, you probably more because you lived in, you know, America. Like, and you know, I watched it happen. Yeah, yeah, you were there and like fucking right there. Yeah, um, I went there actually, but yeah, yeah. Um, it, there was like it was actually not a lot of people were speaking up against Bush, like turning that into an excuse to invade Iraq and and like opening Guantanamo and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Like most people were just like, well, we better just let this happen because it's important because a bad thing happened. And yeah. like there were a couple of people speaking out, and it felt like. Wow, I I can't believe you're actually taking a stand against that, mm-hmm. and that's what Star Trek's supposed to be for. Yeah, no, it's no. it's very ends justify the means instead, and 
that is yeah. not yeah that's know, not that's not the, a philosophy that's, on the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few yeah exactly yeah, yeah. well the needs of earth outweigh everyone else i mean that's pretty standard in star trek at least <laughs> well yeah yeah and that is the the thesis statement the show signed up for with hating the vulcans in the first place uh-huh. but it's they've really doubled that's down on not it. a terrible idea too it's just done very terribly yeah i mean well, we talked about this way back like if it had been, if it, there had been any evolution on that plot at all it would have been interesting but it's yeah. been stagnating since the first episode well yeah the only argument i could ever and we've talked about this too but the only argument i could ever hear in favor of this is it's a long game they're playing a yeah. long game these guys are supposed to start out as kind of xenophobic racists and eventually they'll become the starfleet guys we all love but I don't trust these writers to have a long plan like that. I don't think that's what they're doing. And no, Funk, you've and, seen ahead, and are they? they uh, these writers, no. Um, yeah. And also, like, the fact that the Temporal Cold War goes nowhere and, like, and mm-hmm. they completely changed the show in the third season, like, shows that they don't really have a plan. They're just going. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> no, if they somehow plotted out, say, a five-year show, and maybe they didn't get a chance to finish it, but we'd see some evolution, like, okay, in the first couple of years, they'd be jerks, and but by the end, they'd understand, and the Federation would form, and they'd all be good guys. Like, that's an interesting way, but you really got to show the evolution there, you know? And yeah. they're not doing that. I don't think it's a plan. I think they just wanted to write, like, a fucking Jack Bauer captain. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, like I Which, again, like, that that, because that they didn't start out with that plan, um, that's not yeah. really Bacula's strengths as an actor. Yeah. Yeah, that's no. true. No, the thing is, I, I'm I'm not, like, for the first two seasons, I was just like, I know he's a good actor. I know he's a good actor. Let's see something good. And I've given up on that because I hate Archer so much. Now. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, if they'd written him as, like, Kirk or Picard or Janeway or Cisco, like, as kind of a nice guy who, if you yeah, push him, he'll get tough. Like The, the kind of, like, you know, uh, your friend's dad stuff that he was doing in the first two seasons was working. Yeah. But um, yeah. this and he gets tough when something action with, man is not... Yeah, exactly. Oh, I mean, who well, you're de- describing here is Cisco, who like was a character who had to make the hard choices every week and never stopped being likable. Yeah, you know, no, he had that. We talked about this too. He had that one episode where he did have to do something horrible and immoral, and he had to drag mm-hmm. in a guy. Like he had to have a buffer to do it for him, mm-hmm. and he still agonized over it. Yeah, like, it was not an easy decision for him, and he was not happy. He just had to live with it, you know. Like, that's a character who, like, every week had to fight this, a losing war and never lost the Star the Star Trek ideals, except for that one time. But, you know, there was a point yeah. to that. Yeah. No, and the whole point of that episode was, oh, my God, can I live with myself? I guess I have to. Yeah. Like, Archer has not had one moment where he looks, where he examines his, his you know, actions and says, yeah. you know what? Maybe I'm a bad person. Yeah. Not once. Just like, <laughs> this is what I have to do. Yep. And I, I did it last week and it worked. It, honestly. But, yeah. His only little tiny bit of self-reflection in this is at the end with uh, with Trip, And then he's like, yeah, I really shouldn't have been trying to save those kids. Should I? Mm. Yeah. No. And, and like I pointed out in my summary, he should be apologizing to the crew. Guys. Yeah. I almost tore us all apart. The Earth's last hope, our only ship of guys who can who can stop the Zindi. And I almost made you all kill each other because of my dumb alien possession of the weak thing. Mm-hmm. But no, he just sits in his in his quarters and expects everyone to just get over it. Like, well, what, yeah, because strong men don't apologize. I, I guess. Yeah. Ugh. Matt, what was your bad thing? Uh, what was my bad thing? You know, it's good to know that the Starfleet guys can easily overpower the Marines, a group specifically on the ship, because of how good at fighting they are. Like, <laughs> 
if the Starfleet guys are this good at taking them out, why don't we even have Makos? What the hell is the point of them? That's a good point. These idiots get home alone in about 20 minutes. (laughs) And next episode is the big action one, and they're not even in it or in the background or anything. Yeah, I do not understand the point. Like, I understand why they're on the ship, because they're supposed to fight the Zindi when they get to uh, wherever the fuck they're going. I can't remember now. But Amazon Prime. Like, they're supposed, if they're supposed to be, like, the fighting force that got put on the ship to, like, you know, help Starfleet out, they should be better at kicking ass than, like, the Starfleet guys. Than Malcolm? Than fucking Malcolm Reed? (laughs) Yeah. If you can't defeat Malcolm fucking Reed Uh in a fight, Malcolm Flying Leap Reed? (laughs) Then you do not deserve to wear that uniform. Yeah. Also, (laughs) speaking of that uniform, um... I don't know if you guys have noticed this or not, but like it's like they're wearing camo that's just space. Yeah, no, it's terrible. It's <laughs> like, like it's they can disguise like, themselves out in space. It's covered in like stars and shit. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty terrible. Their um, their patches have little sharks on them too. Because I hate fucking hope. I hate oh. it so fucking much. So now tell me this though, Flon, because you've you've seen ahead. Yes. I thought sort of the idea of these guys is eventually Starfleet sort of absorbs them and it kind of combines the explorers and the soldiers thing. Is that what the point of this? Like yeah, we're seeing be a, a time idea, before. Oh, that's not what happens. Yeah. Because I thought the idea was we're seeing a time um, before Starfleet had its own military and these guys sort of got get absorbed and become part of that. Yeah. Well, yes, but um, they they wait until beyond before they confirm that. So. Okay. God, really? So it's, um, it's not canon in this was show. A, was a Mako. Oh God! Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I yeah, I saw you. That's why I remember. Yeah, I saw you live tweeting that. So yeah, I'm definitely gonna go back and watch it after I've seen all of Enterprise because I know there's some some callbacks in there. But yeah, I forgot yeah, the yeah, he, he was in, in the movie. yeah he was in the yep. Zindi and the Romulan Wars and then uh, got integrated into Starfleet after that. Huh. Yeah. No, and see that to me it makes sense. This is like a time before the Starfleet we know exists, so we see the different parts sort of coming together. Like we see that. With the technology, we see the transporter. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. We see they don't have a, a tractor beam yet, so they use the grabo arm, and <laughs> gradually you see these things being created. But I guess that's not part of it because why? Would yeah, you? no. <laughs> it, um, it, there might be stuff in the fourth season, season two that I forgot about. So, okay, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, it's me, Balthazar. It is Balthazar. It is no war hero. Look, I fought the Zindi. They were ruthless, and all was ruthless. <laughs> We had to make decisions we weren't proud of. Look, I love like, Jonathan Archer because he liked to torture, right? Like my decision to be called Balthazar Edison. <laughs> also, not not to talk too much about the uh, the next show, but um, they do have a list of Starfleet's greatest captains, and yeah, Jonathan Archer is on that list, yeah. and Balthazar mm-hmm. Edison is not, which made me nope. sad. <laughs> well, you know, once once you cross that line and become a horrible criminal, you kind of get like. Like, Hitler's art school probably doesn't talk about his paintings anymore. Yeah, yeah mean, that's a good point. Like, computer, he might have been in the list before before Beyond. But Computer, bring up accomplished Starfleet captains named Balthazar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, several pages, I see. Ah! I'm gonna that's have a to popular name a in the 2150s, bit. I guess. Oh, God, and look at all the borts. <laughs> <laughs> My we'll son never is be able to replicate named Balthazar. <laughs> Uh, Flunk, what you have for a good thing? Um, there's like one scene. It's like a little like two minutes where Reed and Hayes are working together. It's almost like a, it's a ship of professionals and not a year-long pissing contest. Uh, 
Yeah, funny yeah, that. I, I called this out of my summary too. Like, I didn't even hate the idea of these two being in conflict, but it goes on forever, and there's not like there's nothing to either of those two characters. The whole thing is, yeah. I want to do it my way. I want to do it my way, and then they butt heads. The end. I mean, I think this is pretty much Enterprise's idea of serialization is to just do the same thing every week and pretend it's a story. We're fighting. Then, We're still then, fighting. Yeah. We're not fighting yeah. anymore. Yeah. It's like, okay, we, we stretch this out until the last episode, and then we resolve it, right? That's serialization, right, guys? Guys, why everyone It's leave? not resolving. It's just stopping. Yeah, no. That's what now we mean. Now they're not resolving. fighting. Yeah. Being over. No, I, I see what you mean, though, Flunk. Like, if this is actually, they're working together now, that would be good. But I bet yeah, they forget but that. But then, in, like, two minutes later, then uh, yeah. that's when Archer decided that he was going to... Uh, uh, Turn them know. against each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. He exploits the fact, like, he knows that these two don't like each other, and he uses that to, to get his dumb way. Yep. And even then, like, they don't really explain how much is just Archer, like, you know, exploiting the situation and, and trying to yeah. manipulate people so that he can protect the babies, and how much is just whatever the dumb goo he got sprayed with. Honestly, as, like, I don't love possession episodes. I'm very, I've been very clear about that. Yeah. But as that dumb. goes... As that goes, I don't hate this idea. Like, I don't hate the idea that, like, as a scientific idea, I could buy you're, you're like, flooded with some kind of hormone that makes you protective of these babies. Mm -hmm. Like, that actually feels like a thing that might happen. Yeah. As opposed to someone else's brain replacing your brain. That doesn't yeah, make sense. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But this, because uh, he was still Archer. He was still acting like himself, only he now he cared about this thing. And yeah, I, well, I can I... buy that. That sort of that sort of hormones thing to like get you protective of something like that's a real thing in nature. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's and just because I hate that he had to have his brain changed to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. No, I think we all hated that. Yeah, no, yeah. it was real dumb. It's terrible. I'll tell you this. Just... <laughs> I I love that he has to spend the episode covered in mucus like a Ghostbusters action figure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt, what was your good thing? Was uh, was that it? Was it the slime? Uh, that could be a good thing, but uh, no. Uh, this episode contains the very first historic first mutiny in Starfleet until the next first mutiny in Starfleet <laughs> and the next first mutiny in Starfleet after that. It's a momentous occasion, and I was glad that we were all here to see it. That sure sounds like a bad thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> all right. No, you can tell it's a good thing because of how my voice goes up. Oh, so you're praising yeah. the faint damnation. Uh-huh. <laughs> I got it. No, I, I get it. They do say that every time Starfleet guys mutiny. Like, this is the first time. Really? Again? Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. No, and then saying. an original series. Has there ever been a mutiny on a Starfleet ship? No. Yeah. Well, also, this ship never existed until this show. <laughs> like, let's never forget that. I mean, yes, if you want to be a person who has facts. And I'm not, you know, I don't care that much about the deep continuity stuff, but they really did. And I said this in the pilot, they just, they shoehorned all of this in. Oh like, yeah. There was another enterprise we never talked about and, and a whole other crew. It was uh -huh. the secret and best enterprise. They're the ones who met the, the Klingons first and the Ferengi and the Borg. Okay. Uh -huh. Enough, please. And the Romulans. Uh-huh. Don't forget that. All, all first. Same ship. And they really. were these assholes. Uh-huh. I mean, you're not wrong, but that's that's how a prequel works. Yeah, I know, but what the, you do... It, just setting the show in this time period was just a bad idea to start with. Like, no, it was, and we said that Once they did that, though, then obviously these guys are going to be the first people to meet everybody because that's just the way a prequel works. I don't know. You could have said, 
here are the Klingons. Uh, other Earth guys met them first, but now you're meeting them. Like, they don't have to be the actual guys. Yeah, but then the that then leaves the door open for the next series, which is the first people yeah. to meet the Klingons. And, you know, we don't want well, to keep on doing that the because there. then eventually we're in the 90s doing the eugenics wars. <laughs> I mean, I I know at some point that show was pitched. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So there's that. They I pitched like three different versions of uh, Kirk and Spock in the Academy together. Yeah, before Abrams finally just said, here, here it is. Now stop. No, yeah. Bill, that's a dumb idea. Stop it. <laughs> but <laughs> well, I could play I'll myself at 17. <laughs> and also Shatner... play an admiral. You know he's, Shatner's sitting there too, looking at all the, the Marvel movies with the with the Jeff Bridges technology making them yeah. young. Like, I could do it. Yeah, that, that because my voice definitely sounds like it did 50 years ago. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, my good thing, once again, leaning on the effects on this show, which are the only consistently good thing across this series. Uh, there's a shot where they come back to the planet where the sun is setting and the sky is red. And like, okay, it's, it's a really minor petty thing to pick. But really, it makes me realize how kind of samey a lot of the establishing shots are and how we don't often see a sh like a planet shot where the sun's yeah. coming up or down. It's a, it's a tiny thing. But it, it made a big difference because it's like, that's not the same shot I usually see. It's a different yeah. time of day. Yeah. That looks nice. And, you know, this the show's visual effects department has been delivering great stuff on top of shitty scripts from day one. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. I don't know. I liked it. No, I just like, if there's one thing I will take away from the show is that it consistently looks good. Yeah, because I think, I and I, I've mentioned this before, I think... All the makeup guys that were working on DS9 and Voyager and all the effects guys that were working on both shows are now only working on one show. So I yeah. think you get all the best guys now. Yeah. Like, and the technology's gotten better. So we were like we were talking about before the show about how good the Andorian makeup looks. Like it doesn't yeah, look we this actually good like, on Discovery. Yeah. Yeah. Which is weird because uh -huh. the technology should be even better now. But well yeah. now they're doing they'll do like the antenna movements with computers instead, and it's real obvious. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, don't know. I also just watching the tick too. Like, like that. Oh those, yeah, the antenna are really good. Like, you mm -hmm. can yeah, do that. Are. Yeah, and but often they just I'm paying undiscovered for whatever reason. Yeah, too much attention to the show to notice that. But every now and then I'll be like, oh yeah, he's got those things. Yeah, looking good. Yeah, Matt, have you seen that? It's quite good. I've only seen uh, the first episode. I don't have ah. uh, Amazon Prime. Ah, gotcha. Ah. Well, that's the next episode we're going to cover, actually. So. Mm. so there's that. Um, anything else about this one? There's uh, a. Uh, the scene where the Starfleet guys are, you know, sneaking around the ship. Um, so T'Pol gets into a disguise, which is a regular uniform. Oh, that bugged me because, hey, you want to see her in a uniform? Too bad. Yeah. She did look good in the baseball cap, though. Yeah. She looks good in a regular remember. uniform. Yeah. Yes. Like like we said about fucking Deanna Troy, like we said about Kira, like we said about Seven of Nine. Like, put them in a uniform. Yep. Just what put them in uniforms. Yeah. Yep. Uh, anything else? Uh, no, I think that's it. And, uh, Daniel Day Kim was in it for a minute, so I just oh, wanted to yeah, because I like they, him as an actor. They wasted the shit out of Daniel Day Kim as Guy by Door. Yeah, he's one of the Makos, and I, if he had been um, fucking, uh, not Daniels, that's somebody else. Hayes. Hayes, thank you. Bland, the... bland anglic <laughs> yeah. anglicized white name. Yeah, mm. that guy. Like, if he'd been that guy, that would make it more interesting. Part of my problem is that Malcolm and Hayes have zero chemistry, and if you put a better actor in there, that might improve that situation. Yeah. yeah. And, I think this yeah. was, this had to be, what was this, 2004? I've been trying to figure this like out, too. He would have started Lost. Lost. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He might even 
not being like like they might be shipping him out to Hawaii like now, and that's why yeah why he's he doesn't have a bigger part. No, I've tried to do that. Uh, math but wasn't too, he in like Angel too? Yeah, he was. Yeah, in he Angel. Was. Yeah, yeah, and in some of the later seasons, so yeah. it would have been around this time. He the guy works his ass off. He's one of those oh, guys. Yeah. Who no, just, I'm just but like I could, like at this point he wasn't just like a regular like working actor. Like he was like you know a guy that you would know. So mm-hmm. yeah, so stop putting him in these <laughs> bit yeah. parts. Get him an actual role. Yeah, yeah, and there is a role there. Like I say, Hayes, like yeah. the main the main guy should be you know him. But whatever. What the fuck ever. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's let's do our alternate titles. Flunk, what do you got? Um, so because we're fighting bugs in this and uh there's baby bugs, I went with Starship Poopers. <laughs> Wasn't that a uh Treehouse of Horror sequence yes, at some point? Probably. Okay. Uh Matt? Uh nine I went with ninety nine gross balloons. Oh yeah, because like I said in my summary, they look very testicular. Uh-huh. Like very just like ball sacks hanging from the yeah, everybody's roof. face. Big slimy ball sack. Mm-hmm. Spraying green crap all over John Archer's <laughs> face. Uh-huh. Oh boy. Uh-huh. <laughs> Man, I, I, I didn't I, make it happen. That image. Yeah, we're just reporting what we see, folks. Yeah. Just an and I went observer. Because, I went with the uh in- incredibly alternate title to uh hatchery. I went with hackery. Very good. I, I am a comedic genius. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hey, look, the show's not going to try. I'm not going to try. Yeah. Uh, and here's here's a quote, my quote, which is um, Archer talking about uh, what humans are like. These Zindi are innocent. If we let them die, we'll be proving to the others that they're right about us. I don't know much about Vulcan ethics, but humans don't throw morality out the window when things start getting a little rough. Yeah. You uh-huh. know what? They, they, they are like that, aren't they? Ugh. I'm tired. Well, surely the <laughs> surely the next episode will will inject you with some excitement, some enthusiasm because well, we're really we have we have this. my my great bit too. Oh, oh, I'm terribly sorry, Flunk. Yes, yes. Please. Tell, us, uh, tell us my my all stars. Yeah, of course. And I and I definitely have another one for next season. Um, okay. All right, guys, we're going to talk about the opening sequence. No, 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 no. The good part, the actual spaceship. Uh, the first thing we get is um, the Space Shuttle Enterprise, um, and I really can appreciate just the the, the fun meta-ness of taking a thing that was named after Star Trek and actually making it Star Trek canon. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got uh, the uh, shots from the Apollo 11 mission. Um, Alan Shepard is the astronaut who smiles. Um, he's the first American in space, the first human to actually control his spaceship, and he also played golf on the moon. So he's got that going for him, which is nice. Um, then we get some cool shots of the Saturn V rockets, uh, shuttle launch, and then it's off to Mars where we see Sojourner tooling around. And say what you will about Enterprise, it's one of the few sci-fi shows to have footage actually shot on another planet. So thanks, NASA and all the other space agencies worldwide. You're the season's Enterprise All-Stars. Woo! Get your game on. Go play. Yes. I just want to talk about space. Yeah, we do space that is, instead. Space yeah. is great. Uh-huh. Much better than whatever this show's about. Okay. Mad. Well, well, now we're gonna we're now we're gonna move our big arc forward. We're gonna we're gonna really deliver uh, on a lot of these we? plot points. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't know. You tell us. You tell us what happens in Azadi Prime. Yes. Well, the Enterprise has made it to Azadi Prime, home of the fabled Zindi superweapon. Trip hooks up the autopilot to a Zindi shuttle, and they that they have lying around, and goes in for a closer look, and. And while Trip is on the planet, Archer gets bored and blows up his indie guard post. Trip discovers that the weapon is almost complete, but uh, photon torpedoes into the exhaust port should destroy it. However, it's a 
suicide mission. So Archer decides he's going to do it. Everyone gets all sad because Archer's going to die as though we don't all know it's Act 1. He takes the shuttle down, and suddenly he's in the future on the Enterprise-J, and Daniels is there with a dire warning from the future. If Archer kills the Zindi, the Federation is doomed. Doomed! The fate of the Alpha Quadrant hangs in the balance, and please, Daniels, we can't keep doing this. <laughs> Archer lets Daniels... Archer lets Daniels know he still plans on sending the Zindi to strip heaven now. He goes back to the planet and gets captured during the commercial break. Paul is getting nervous because he, she never heard the earth-shattering kaboom. She starts crying and gets all angry at Trip and decides to go on her own suicide mission to find Archer. But Archer is just in prison again, chained to a wall like so much Al and Matt. Archer convinces the Zindi... Archer convinces the Zindi that look the most like people that he doesn't want to blow them up anymore. Now he wants to work together against the reptiles and the insects. But Saris has already launched an attack on the Enterprise. It doesn't go well for the Starfleet guys. Uh, shields are gone, weapons are down, coolant's blowing everywhere, warp core breaches imminent, you know the drill. Now the Sons of Soon will rule the Delphic Expanse. <laughs> this week on Becker, Chris pre pressures Becker into setting time and space for their first date. Hector convinces Jake to make extra money by sampling experimental medications, and Linda makes Margaret feel guilty for flirting her way out of a traffic ticket. I'm assuming it, it was a rerun. This week on Post-Atomic Horror, Flock shamelessly steals his brother's bit to remind you about Becker, one of many fine CBS programs available on CBS All Access. <laughs> CBS, welcome home. We're more than just Star Trek. We've also got Becker. Please don't cancel your subscriptions. Wait, what? We, we don't even have Becker? Then what fucking good is... <sighs> All right, what do we have? 9JKL. That's not going to pay the bills. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Take yeah. that, everybody. Well, they've got um, <laughs> they've got young Sheldon. Oh yeah, I forgot. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of yeah. prequels that had to be made, uh huh. <laughs> young Daniels. Oh, oh boy. Uh, if I could just take a minute, um, oh, yeah, Daniels. No, you were you were tweeting about starting the second episode. I said, just wait, just wait till the twist. You'll know oh. it when it happens. And I saw it happen. Yep. I hate. Daniels. Yeah, who doesn't? That guy sucks. Yep. But last time he showed up, he was in normal clothes, and you're like, I wish he had a future outfit. Well, guess what, Matt? You got your wish. Yeah, now he's wrapped in cords. He looks like the, he looks like behind my TV. <laughs> <laughs> also, Flonk, uh, don't don't think we didn't notice and appreciate the uh, the reference to our long running web comic that no one read. Uh -huh. <laughs> nice work. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Still available to be read online, I assume. No, it's not. Nope. No, I took that down long ago. I have move. the uh, the book that uh, or yeah, the, I, the, I printed out a little version, version of it. So the ones that I did. Uh -huh. <laughs> no, actually, there's something coming up where Matt and I will be chained to a wall again. But that, that, I, I'm not ready to announce that just ah, now. tradition. <laughs> uh yeah, Daniels, the temporal cold <laughs> war, the Enterprise um, J. Ugh. Ugh. Why? <laughs> what is your bad thing, right, Flunk? Sure is. Uh, why did they go to the future? Uh, why did they think that adding another faction would streamline the temporal cold war? Also, sphere builders, that's the name of the alien uh, species? Yeah. There's absolutely nothing in the scene that could be accomplished much easier without the time travel. What was the point of any of this? Uh -huh. Also, the Enterprise J looks like butt. I, can we just, like, the, making... Who... Who to steal something from Al? Who thought this was a good idea? Yeah. To to, to make this more complicated. Mm-hmm. I think like, they think seriously? they're tying everything together. 
we need like, more layers to this no, stupid plot that I hate? No, Fuck I off. think I seriously think they think they're masterfully plotting by saying, "Oh, but that stuff in season ones and two, seasons one and two, that also ties into all this. It's all connected, guys." But it sucks, and they didn't do that. This is this is like X Files season six, just yeah. like yeah. More, throw some more crap on the pile. That'll make them. That'll impress them. Yeah, we're not ready to give an and, answer uh, yet. The, so these guys who questions. made the uh, the these guys who made the alien spheres. Uh, uh, what, what should we call them? Uh, I don't know. Sphere builders. Uh, that I doesn't spent, bother me. I spent half the episode thinking they were called spear builders, like it was like a metaphor for yeah, them yeah. building weapons or something. Mm. No, that doesn't bother me just because as we, the audience, there's too many things to follow. So it's like, okay, good. They're talking about the guys who built the spheres. I don't have to remember another dumb name. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah, but just, they, they don't even be like, we're, we're the, we're the Karamarans. We're the sphere builders. And then they start calling them sphere builders after that. It's just like, they, they call themselves sphere builders. Yeah. No, it's dumb. But just in terms of following the stupid convoluted plot, I liked it. But I, I but no, it's terrible. I appreciate them owning the one thing they're good at. Yeah. Hey, you know that 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 shape? We can make those. Yeah. We're real good at it. <laughs> yeah, okay. So no did one, all of us playing with Play-Doh at age four. No like, one builds a sphere hard. better than we do. Well, I don't know about that. You mm-hmm. build spheres, but that doesn't mean you're the best at it. Guys, we need to change our names to Best Sphere Builders. <laughs> <laughs> and, and make us a Best Sphere Builders uh, trophy in the shape of a sphere. Uh-huh. And it yeah. better be the Best Sphere. Yeah. No, it's all dumb, but like I said, I think they think they're tying everything together and and, and the mystery's finally... Ugh. And honestly, this is my bad thing. This is the first time that they've actually mentioned what motivates the Zindi. 18 mm-hmm. episodes into the arc, we now know why the bad guys want to stop our guys. Yeah, seriously. Like, that's it's, we're almost through this whole stupid season-long arc, and we had no idea why these guys were bad except that they're evil. Mm-hmm. And now yeah. it's like, oh, because they're being manipulated by sphere builders from the future. Ugh. Okay. Why couldn't you just say that up front and have our guys learn it later? Mm-hmm. That just... Uh... Would have saved everyone some time, which but would be nice. My main thing is if you're going to have one bad guy, have them be sympathetic or at least have me understand where they're coming from, and they didn't do either of those things. No. They they doubled down on evil reptile guy. Good lord. Yeah. yeah. Well, that... Yeah. They, they, the humanoid Zindi and, and the other ones mm-hmm. are like suddenly they're just randomly sympathetic this week yeah, yeah. seriously i don't know the, the, the reptiles these... are extra evil yeah well, no, and i one think of these dudes was the guy that fucking archer spent a, an entire episode torturing a couple of weeks back yeah yeah no i think i think the deal was there they talked about this and actually flunk this ties into your quote so we'll, i think we should play this here sure if the reptilians wanted to keep their actions a secret the past would be a good place to do it this is um, they, they realized within their own factions that uh, the lizard guys are doing stuff on their own, and the other guys don't like that. Yeah. Is what oh. It is. Also, so just real quick, I, I picked that quote because it was the most ridiculous. Uh, oh no, it's terrible! Thing in the episode. It's terribly stupid. The past is not a place. <laughs> you can't move to the past. I actually, believe the past is another country, Al. <laughs> yeah, and hell is other people. Uh huh. I mean, that I believe. I was on yeah. a bus yesterday. <laughs> you were. <laughs> no, it, it's, you know, it. like, I get that part of it because they're trying to tie in that that thrilling Detroit blood-stealing episode they did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Everything Is there anything inaccurate about that? Where's the lie? <laughs> and that's no. still hilarious. 
am I being unfair in any way? Or am I misrepresenting the old it? Detroit blood stealing episode. <laughs> that's what it was. Uh-huh. But that's like the whole thing about that was the lizard guys were told you can't do this torture thing or this this uh bioweapon thing, and they said, Well, fine, we're not gonna. And then they just snuck off to the past to do it anyway. So Man, like, e- even the bad guys aren't allowed to torture people. Yeah. They're just tiptoeing through time. Yeah. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> And that, but I mean that that did like it's all stupid. But that is why the others indie now don't trust them. Like I don't. This has always been a hesitant alliance, and I think it's like, oh well, see, those guys are off doing their own thing. We don't trust them. So that's where that yeah, came but, from. But, I think. No, yeah, it, that part, like, yeah, they did set up when when they do like their Legion of Doom yeah. scenes, and they're they're always fighting with each other, mm-hmm. but. But um, there's no reason for them to trust Archer, and there's no reason like that he would know to exploit well, that. It's because it's because other than laser writing, Daniels gave him a coin. Uh, yeah, guess, a, 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 a coin. That, uh, yeah, yeah. We, we get back to go back that to when you fucking... scan it with your. Yeah, yeah, you can carbon do... carbon date a thing to the future. That's a thing yeah. they've done before, which is stupid, but they're still yeah. doing it. To Paul's yeah, like, yeah. it's in negative numbers. It must be from the future. Fuck off. <laughs> That's how scanners yeah. work. Uh-huh. I, I guess. That's how science works. Like sure measuring the dumb. decay rate of a certain atom. I, I, I actually kind of understand that. But it can't be negatively decaying. Uh-huh. What? Yeah. I, it's, it's so weird, too, where, like, we draw the line where, like, they can travel faster than light. Like, we get that. That mm-hmm. part makes perfect yeah sense but it's because the the time stuff doesn't but it but it doesn't make sense no No, and because it's so close to something that really exists but is just wrong Mm -hmm. whereas warp is just pure fantasy it's like well fine i can't pick apart how that works because i don't understand it Mm, but yeah carbon dating is already a thing so it's easy to say but that's not how it works this is quantum dating oh yeah excuse the hell out of me you're right (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> just throw the word quantum in there and it all makes sense. Oh, it's yeah. just magic. Yeah. Actually, Terry Pratchett had some there fun stuff about that with in his um... books. Oh, go ahead. Uh, no, just uh, good old Brandon Braga was talking about um, how, like, you know, he, he didn't like the tricorders because they, they turned into, like, you know, magical science devices. But, and I was like, oh. you yeah, know, that's a fair point, except you're the one who's writing it. Yeah. Yeah. Like... <laughs> The only reason this happened is because you did it. Yeah, but they started out as things that we can actually almost build now. Like, yeah. They're yeah. not that fanciful, but then you made... Yeah, you're right. They evolved into that. You can't, you can't complain can't... about the dumb decisions you made. Yeah. Or, yeah, exactly. I mean, of course you made dumb decisions. Everyone does. But what a good writer does is says, oh, shit, that's bad. Either we stop doing it or we actually correct it on screen. Yeah. Don't just Don't just commit to it. You say, well, that never happened. Uh, this happened instead. Wink, wink. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Matt, what was your bad thing? Dinosaurs evolved into birds, John. <laughs> birds. Is Jurassic Park not available on movie night? Birds, you dumb idiot. Um, you give... No, Jurassic Park was made after 1947, so no, it's not available on movie night. Yeah. <laughs> There's a moment in this episode when John's being tortured by a reptile, and he goes into a whole thing about how there used to be reptiles in charge of Earth, and then a comet killed them all, and the ones that were left turned into turtles, which he ate in a soup. Fuck off, you dumb, smug idiot. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. also, turtle soup is the most fucking cliched 
dumb threat you could do. Yeah, what are you, the Shredder? Yeah. At least Trip oh, would have been yelling about Fried Gator. Yeah. <laughs> well, Trip wasn't around, so. No. The we're only in a jail, so it's got to be John. definitely eating an alligator. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're in a jail cell, so it's got to be John Archer, because uh-huh. that's yeah. where he lives. Yeah. Just, uh, uh, God, I hate this show. Uh-huh. It's not good. It's bad. It's the opposite of good. Yeah, but but that said, let's it's let's bad talk about. And I feel bad. Let's talk about some <laughs> things that we managed to find that weren't bad. Flonk, what do you got for a good thing? Um, I have that the underwater construction yard is pretty neat. It's a uh, it's a really good visual. It works with all the different indie types. Um, yeah, yeah, but that, like that was that was my good thing too. Damn it! <laughs> but I did it first. Did you? Yeah. I, mm, yeah, no, I did my homework uh, as soon as you let me. No, I know, I know you did, but I could swear I checked first. But all right, well, you guys Listen. keep talking, and I'll try to think of another one. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. No, the the underwater stuff was cool. They actually spent a bit of time like um, taking the the shuttle under the water and and like looking at a facility down there, and it was pretty neat. And uh, actually, yeah, Matt, this was kind of your because good thing, there's wasn't it? there's fish in too, like it. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool that they they would you know take advantage of that instead of just having them hang out in the background. Everyone's no, the fish, I, the fish, Cindy are probably my favorite ones. Yeah, like I really the like them ones. them swimming around in front of it too. Like that was yeah. a neat little yeah. yeah thing. But Matt, your good thing kind of ties into all this, right? Yeah, Trip finally gets to put his boat experience to good use <laughs> by one driving a boat, two driving a submarine or water boat for the layman, <laughs> three looking at other alien boats and water boats, and four. Spying on a giant underwater structure, also known as an aqua trailer or barge. <laughs> Is that all your uh, highly specified knowledge of, of the sea, or did yep. you have to look any of that up? No, no, that's everything. That's all off the top of the dome, man. Wow. wow I'm a well traveled ocean man <laughs> or sea guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that's just a Grant Morrison comic. Come on. <laughs> also true. Or he could be uh, Leonard Nimoy's Seaman. Uh, was that the name of it? What? Where he what? was the fish? Oh, oh I, don't, I don't know what that is. Oh, God. The, the fucking Dreamcast the, game? Yeah, the terrifying fish creature. Oh, my God. What the fuck was that called? Sea, uh, it was. It was Seaman. Really? Someone that got through. Like, yeah. The marketing department of every company needs to hire a 12-year-old boy. Seriously. No, no, it was completely fucking intentional, dude. It was the late 90s, early 2000s. They were going for extreme gaming. Gotcha. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, My good thing, actually, I found another one in my notes here. um, For real, I do like seeing Travis take a more active role. Like, he actually was involved with this mission we're talking about, the underwater thing. Who is Travis? Um... (laughs) He's the one who isn't Daniel Day Kim, who's the only other non-white guy, as far as I can tell. Mm. Wait, you mean Hoshi? No, no, no. The the one with the big arms. Oh, right, 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 right. The guy who was doing the uh, the the fighting last week. Yeah, you know him for his practical jokes and ghost stories. Right. Of that's, yeah, that's what the I should have led with. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for real. Like, he's never anywhere. But it was he was actually taking an active role in this one, and it was nice to see him. Like, mm-hmm. it's so rare we do. And honestly... I was talking to Amanda about this. We see even less of Hoshi than we do of Travis this season. That's true. Yeah. Like, she's been, been shuffled further into the background. She got her one stupid castle Beauty and the Beast episode, and then she fucking vanished. Was that this She's season? actually in yeah. this... Uh, God. Yeah. yeah. Um, she's in this one a little bit, too, because she's doing, like, on-the-fly translating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but 
but there's not much of her character in it. Like, no, 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 no. She's doing but her job, we but actually, there's not. We actually yeah. saw her, which is yeah, unusual. She's just barely in it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I felt the same about Malcolm for a while, and then they did this dumb haze thing, and I kind of wish they did. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like Malcolm as much as Hoshi or... Uh, uh, no, I'm just noticing, like, not even that I want it. I'm just noticing all the guys who aren't uh, uh, Archer, Trip, and T'Pol are kind of mm. getting, you know, shuffled into the background. Yeah. but Well, we have to see the um, the Reptiles Indies growling at, at each other, so... Oh, yeah, that's important. Is it? It's something. Okay. And Flunk, I know we disagree about T'Pol. Like, I think she's pretty good, and you don't, which is, that that's normal yeah. difference of opinion there. But I will agree with what I've seen in your notes here about her getting wildly emotional for no apparent reason. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah, I I really hope there's a payoff to this that isn't Podfar, because knowing I mean, you know, this show, I, yeah. I, don't re- I don't remember. Oh, okay. um, but also, I know how this show treats her, so... Yeah. I would fully expect she's just horny for Trip, and that's what's making her oh, no. all now emotional she's, right now. Now she's horny for Archer. That's for the some thing. Reason. That's the thing that really bugs me. Is like, okay, I don't like them hooking her up with Trip, but whatever. But then there's times where it's like, but the captain's going off, and he's gonna die, and I love him. She, it wasn't quite that bad, but just about like she was just freaking out that the captain might not make it this time. And like, yeah. Why? Why do you have an emotional attachment to him? Why are you crying? Like, yeah. And she was, she was literally crying. Yeah. Yeah. That's a sign that you have a real problem. And if it was trip, I'd be like, well, okay. It's their love story this season. I hate it, but at least that's got precedent. But this, Mm -hmm. this comes from nowhere. Yeah. Like that whole story about her being his future nurse never happened. Yeah. Yeah. And also was terrible. Um, <laughs> sure was. And, um, but also like, I could sort of see it if like, you know, there was a, uh, a mentorship or she just respected him yeah. or, but we've seen they no played off of that. any of this. And then this is her other, whatever emotional thing is going on. She's just over, overreacting to it. Yeah. But they don't really play it that way in the show. Nope. No. And, you know, I could easily see coming in like as as a writer like who has watched some Star Trek. If it was my show, suddenly I'd say, "Okay, we'll just say she's been around humans too long. Vulcans are kind of telepathic. She's getting emotional because she's around them. But now she's going to meditate twice a day now, and it's not going to happen anymore. Mm-hmm. Done. Like, the, there's an easy way to explain it and fix it, but they're not going to do that. No, because why would they? When they just can make her a hysterical woman when when it's you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's that aspect of it too. There sure is. Uh, what else? Ugh. Oh, Daniels. Let's talk about Daniels some more. Uh, do I, I have hate to? Daniels. I just like I'm trying to. I'm like uh, I hate it, but I'm trying to make sense of the temporal cold war, and I don't know why I'm trying because they don't. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, okay, so I guess at some point in the far future, beyond the future we've already seen. The Zindi are part of the Federation, and the Sphere Builders betray them, and that's why we need to stop them now, because the Zindi are part of this, too. Did I get that right? I think so. Maybe. Yeah. Why does why does Daniels keep... Uh, why does he keep interfering? Why is he telling Archer that the Federation's going to exist, and showing him that there's going to be a subsequent Enterprise, and- like... And every time, too, it's the Federation. You mentioned that before. What is it? Yeah. Yeah. And we know that this guy's going to help found it. We know that. 
Like, yeah. The, it's pretty easy to understand. Like, even not, like, even ignoring what we've picked up through, you know, yeah, Mary Alpha and seeing books TV and stuff. Works. Yeah. We know this is going to end or close to the end with the Federation happening because mm-hmm. that's, yeah. So, like, why? Uh, just why tell him? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, I don't. If this guy's supposed to be Starfleet or something like Starfleet, they have a temporal prime directive. You don't tell people in the past what's going to happen. Just grab. That's why it's that's why it's a cold war. It's not an out out temporal war. What? Why? Do you actually (laughs) understand why it's a cold war? Because I don't. Please tell me. Because because the 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 our cold war was uh, us and and ussr manipulating other countries into fighting a proxy war so that's sort of what's happening here but not really yeah but who is the enemy the suliban no the sphere builders so they've been the enemy what is happening that's the thing are no for real (laughs) exactly i I don't know if the suliban are future people or do we even care about them manipulated. anymore? They haven't shown up in an entire season. Yeah, yeah. But when we set up the Temporal Cold War in the beginning, they were the main guys. And that guy, that, that evil face that we don't see, like, that's that guy's working Good with guy. the Suliban. Who is he? You want me like, to tell you? And I know the answer to this. Nobody knows. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they never, they never, well, yeah. And they, they don't know. The writer, it's not like the writers were going to reveal it someday. They don't know. How the hell do you get this far into a major television series based major on television a, franchise exactly on Matt, a this huge is their third show matt the what was your sci-fi fa- franchise how do you get this far into it and i have no fucking idea what the fuck you're doing what the fuck is happening matt your favorite show in the 90s was the x-files sit down <laughs> <laughs> this is not new this is this is like yeah, every episode of Battlestar Galactica opened with and they have a plan. No, Jesus. They no, they didn't. Like that's another good example. And people will say it about Lost, but they're wrong. But lots of other <laughs> uh, they're shows. not entirely wrong, but they um oh. I have heard quotes from Paul Dini saying, No, they had no idea what the fuck they were doing. Yeah. Paul Dini worked on Lost? Yeah, in the middle somewhere. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, but I like I and I've heard Flonk defend it as well. There are answers and yeah. at the end you get most of the things well, you want. Well, that's I mean, about. no, well part of part of television, right? Like Breaking Bad would always do that where like they would start somewhere and then just figure out or they would they would come up with an ending and then figure out how to how yeah. to get there. That's fine. Um, if you're yeah, yeah, a good like, writer, like you make shit up as you go. Like that that's yeah. part of the, the no, fun of, of working on television, but yeah. but, but you if have you're to at least a mystery, have a vague idea of who your yeah. uh your mysterious future man is. Yeah. Even if it ends up not being it and like you drop some clues that don't go anywhere and you decide to go a different direction, at mm-hmm. least have an idea. Yeah. No, and apparently, from what I understand, the new guy just says, uh, this is all dumb. Let's just get rid of it and not even pay it off. I mean, they actually, he straight up said, we're not doing time travel. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I'm sick of time travel in Star Trek, to be honest. Yeah. Um. The, the, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know how much, uh, want me to spoil but i i love brandon gets fired and he basically like gives a big old fuck you and sends them off to uh the past um Mm -hmm. as the the season ending cliffhanger yeah and then the new writers are just like well we could just come back and be like wow what a crazy adventure that was Mm -hmm. but uh that feels a little like cheating so so we'll 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 deal with this and then go and and do our own thing yep which it's not great but i can at least respect them for that no and honestly like i have a lot of issues with brandon braga but i part of me respects that a little bit (laughs) 
I saw uh, uh, some Comic Con. I think it was one of the years I went to Wizard World Chicago. I saw Brian Michael Bendis talk about um, when he left Daredevil. And he's like, and what I wanted to do just is leave the thing in shambles. Just like, yeah. just blow the whole thing up and hand it off to the next guy who's probably going to be my friend mm-hmm. and say, here you go, buddy. It's your turn now. Yeah, you figure it out. And and he talked about how there's a whole tradition of writers doing that. Like when Aaron Sorkin left the West Wing, he like left everything a mess. Like sometimes mm-hmm. writers just like to do that as a like, okay, your turn. You're you're great. You can figure this out, right? And it's not necessarily mean. It's just fun. You know, I get that. So I don't know. Like Braga, I've read enough. I just wanted to point out that the first episode of season four is, is terrible. Okay. <laughs> so I don't, I don't want to get yelled at when you immediately hate season four. Now nah, I'm, uh, there's no more meat left on the, Hey Flonk, you love the show, right? Like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's done. I don't think you love it anyway. We talked about this before the show. I think you haven't had to watch it as consistently and critically as we have either. You can tune yeah. it out if you want. Yeah. And, um, the, for the first time I watched it, I wasn't coming off of Voyager, and yeah. Um, yeah. and I could also just get drunk and <laughs> blast out for a night. And... Yeah. yeah, see, we have to take notes and then talk about all the stuff that happened. You only have to do that once a season now. Mm-hmm. And I also really, like, our our Enterprise journey is, is basically the same. Like, yeah. we have pretty similar opinions. You just feel stronger about um, the stuff yeah, you don't like I have than to I see do. the same crap yeah. every single week. I wouldn't hate and, but, John but also, Archer like, as much I, I if don't... I didn't see him all the time. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I don't like Archer. The The first two seasons are really terrible, and this is terrible. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, I I was also not impressed with Manicota's uh, first few when, uh when I watched it last time, so, yeah. you know. Well, we'll see. Yeah, exactly. I That's I why I, I, I don't want to say anything else about season four, because I want to see how closely, like, See, I, w- I want it to develop organically. I don't want to influence Yeah, of course. Of course. No, and a listener uh, tweeted at us this week and said, uh, the rest of this Zindi war arc is just as good as the Cardassians taking the station it on DC. Absolutely so, is not. My least favorite show that I've ever watched on purpose is going to be as good as the heights of my favorite show of all time. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Well, the uh, the reason I picked a, a later episode uh, in the season is because I remember it being pretty serialized. Um mm-hmm. There being like consequences because they're they're out in the the expanse. Yeah. There's no contact with Starfleet. Mm-hmm. Um, if say for example, just to throw out some random thing, a suicide bomber blew a hole in your ship, um, mm-hmm. it would still be a hole in your ship the next week. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, clearly that uh, you know hasn't been happening. Um, yeah. This cliffhanger, however, it's pretty bad for for mm-hmm. our crew. And mm-hmm. maybe this is the part that I was remembering where where you know there's consequences moving forward. Um, however, I also know there's at least two more time travels that are going to happen. <laughs> so, well, we've already brought Daniels only, front and center. So there's only six episodes left in the season. Yeah. No, Daniels so, is now in the mix, so I don't think he's probably going away. Ugh. But we'll see. So anything that happens might not end up happening. Who yep. knows? Yeah. No, the Enterprise is in some rough shape, and I bet it's going to end up being fine because big reset button. Ugh. Ugh. Anything else? Daniels, that's actually the bridge of the Enterprise J is just a big giant reset button, and Daniels just keeps <laughs> yeah. on pounding on it. Also, Daniels, fucking ah, yeah, like, no, trust me. Uh, we've said he's boring. The actor is boring. Yeah. the the costume is boring. Everything about it is terrible. Uh-huh. But it's like I mentioned before, he's basically the cue of this show. Like 
he should be the most engaging one. He should have great chemistry with, with Archer. He should be really interesting, like, and very charismatic. Like, really, he serves the same role as Q. He shows up when you don't expect him, and he throws you into some weird new situation you've never seen before. Like, yep. Except this... Instead, what happens he's the is most boring time traveler in the yeah. world. Yeah. Archer walks through a door and suddenly he's on a completely different set. And then Daniels is there with his whatever boring mission he's but got this that's, week. That's why it reminds me of Q because that happened literally happened to Picard where he would walk off the turbo lift into some goofy ass shit that Q made for him. But mm-hmm. that was also 20 years before this. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it like, was fun. You there can't too. keep on doing the same bad, like cheap special effect. You have computers now. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. But also, it was playful and fun there, which makes me... Like, I'll forgive so many things if it's fun. This show does not know what fun is. No, No. it's all dour. Yeah, everything about this show is just... Takes itself so fucking seriously. I hate Uh it. Well, if there's only six episodes left in the season, that means we only got a season and a bit left. So that's... Yeah, that's that's something. Yeah. It's not nothing. No. (sighs) Anything else? Um, no, shut up, no. Daniels. <laughs> oh, we we see a schematic of the Enterprise J. I don't think we actually see it, and it just looks stupid. It's flat. It's a it's, flat ship. The, it's the flat and like, spiny. Like uh-huh. they've talked about spindly. this before, where Daniels is from the year eight million, and this is the Enterprise Double Z. Like you're so far into the future that like, what's the fucking point? You know what yeah. I mean? Like I'm from the year eight billion. Okay, it just—you know what I mean. Like it doesn't—it doesn't mean anything. If that was the Enterprise mm-hmm. F, then it'd be like shit. That's only one more after Picard. I wonder what this is yeah. all about. Yeah. The Enterprise yeah. J. Who cares? Yeah. Just. Ugh. Also, I hate that Braga and Berman and all these guys get to like. Now that's canon. Like, oh yeah. After yeah. the E, there's a few more, and then the Enterprise J exists in the timeline forever. Like these guys get to not only write this shitty show, but they also get to define. The things about the franchise that now are part of the whole reality and of it, and I hate that. Also, because yeah. of the way um, TV basically works, where we're constantly, you know, rebooting and going back to to prequels mm-hmm. and stuff. Like between the the Abrams movies and Discovery, like Enterprise yeah. stuff keeps getting referenced. It keeps. Yeah, this is the only show the we canon. get to call back yeah. to, right? Yeah, like we can't, like you know, have some like random mission with a card that we never knew about. Like it's yeah. always going to be Archer. Yeah. Also, like, just as a side note, I'm sure we'll talk about this more when we get to Discovery, but, you know, Patrick Stewart, Avery Brooks, all those guys are not going to be around forever. You you should probably try to do something with them again if it's ever going to happen, because... I was, I was actually thinking about this um, last night, because um, when they did, they went back and, uh, you know, the, the Deep Space Nine and Enterprise guys go back to the original series. Yeah. I would not be surprised if, if it's been, you know, 20, 30 years, if, if they do a time travel episode to Next Generation Times. I don't see why Discovery couldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I would not, I, I wouldn't rule it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, like, those guys, like, you still got them. Why don't you use them while you can if you're trying mm-hmm. to do stuff that's actually respectful of Star Trek? Maybe talk about all these great Especially shows that happen. Especially, we, we know they're not afraid to play with the toys that, that we have, yeah, so. Exactly. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just a, yeah. We'll talk about it more. Yeah. All right. I think it's about time to wrap this shit up. Uh, Blanc, what do you got for an alternate title? Uh, the Temple Cold War, Part 13 of 10. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Matt, what do you got? Imzadi Prime. Didn't they do that book? Uh, yeah, it was the sequel to Imzadi. Right. It was terrible. It's called Imzadi Triangle. Yeah. I liked Imzadi a great deal by Peter David, and the second one yep. was 
just terrible. Well, that one was just all about like suddenly Riker ho- or uh, Troy hooked up with Worf, and they were like, "Well, you wrote a book about uh, uh, Troy being in love with Riker. Fucking, you figure it out." Yeah, but the whole theme of the first book was that Riker was like the one love of her life. Yep. And then it's like, shit, the show contradicted that. I bet we better do another book now. All right. And then the movies went and said, oh, never mind. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Poor Peter David. Yeah. All right. Uh, My alternate title was similar to Flong's (laughs) Revenge of Daniel 6, Daniel's in Love. (laughs) Um, We did your quote already. Uh, Do you have a do you have a hey, now you're an all star for this one? No, no. Okay. Oh, so it's just it's just one per pair. Yeah, exactly. One, one I'll season. understand this bit by by the last time you do it. I, this might be the last time. <laughs> Surely you can come up. With it one. was hard enough coming up with this one. No, I think we've always appreciated the visuals of that opening sequence. It's just the fucking music. Yeah. Also, the the Enterprise space shuttle. Um, I, I've seen it a couple times. It, it lives up here now, and uh, it's mm. a gorgeous ship. We have um, there's a Boeing um museum near where I live. And they have, uh, it's technically a, a simulator, like a shuttle simulator, but it looks oh. like there's just a fucking space shuttle sitting in this giant window facing the, the road. So every time I drive down that road, I just pass a space shuttle. It's pretty <laughs> cool. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I saw it before because um, it's got like a whole like structure over it now. But when, when mm-hmm. they first uh, plopped it on, it, it's um, on top of an a aircraft carrier that's a, a museum. Mm-hmm. Um and they they put it on the on the deck, and before they could you know build the the tent and stuff around it, I drove past it one night, and uh, it just seemed like a space shuttle just sitting out in the in the river was just amazing. Yeah. No, it's it's weird. Like it, that's similar to what I'm saying. Like just seeing a space shuttle in your normal mundane life. That there it is. So cool. And they they have it set up great too. Where like uh, when you go into the like you you go through like the little hallway, and there's you know, space shit, and then you turn the corner, and it just bam right there in front of you. It's, yeah amazing yeah very cool all right well, that's all for this time flunk you got anything you want to plug um i mean he's not gonna do it so i might as well plug yeah, my brother's that's, show that's kind of what i figured <laughs> um listen to uh tinseltown the holiday movie podcast um where my dumb brother talks about <laughs> dumb christmas <laughs> oh you talk about it with him too sometimes yeah yeah i did two episodes um mm-hmm. the polar <laughs> express episode is an excellent place to start if you're interested and you also yes, die hard, right? If you want to hear uh, the two of us doing ridiculous voices for an hour. Oh, you mean the um, Polar Express? All aboard! <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't know. All right, that's and that's on iTunes and on Tumblr, and I don't remember the Tumblr. Yeah, either. I assume if you're listening to this, you know how to find a podcast, so. Yeah. I, you, you can't assume that. And I'm not calling people dumb. I'm just saying if you don't tell them exactly how, then they're not going to remember that by the time they get to their computers or get switch the phone app or whatever whatever like, they you know yeah yeah that's all okay what else uh ah that's oh, it check we, out we, our video game uh yeah that thing whatever <laughs> uh, nick and if if you would have if you were gonna check that out by now you probably will have but yeah yeah gotta sure. get the people for the holiday audience al come on it's it's march what holiday <laughs> easter's coming up yeah. oh yeah we were actually briefly considering me and and the co-developer were considering waiting for the most british holiday we could think of and dropping it then but there there aren't any really good ones until like guy yeah, fox day or something day or... yeah mother mothering sunday <laughs> so unfortunately we couldn't do that but but yeah check it out if you like it's free yeah. and and you should do that 
All right, that's all for this time, and we'll be back next time with two more probably stellar episodes of Enterprise. Ugh, oh, because it's in space. Uh-huh. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2018. Please don't sue us. We're, we're, we're still just doing this.